Welcome to a brand new edition of It's in the Game podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network in collaboration with All Is Life. Randy Cruz, Danny Blanco, and my boy Robin Lumberg from Sports Illustrated. Robin, my man, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Take a plan, getting ready for the holidays and stuff like that. Um, pleasure to have you on. I know you're a very busy guy during this time. Uh, before I go further, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast, also on BallIsLife.com. You can follow Denny Blanco on IG and Twitter at I am Denny Blanco. I'm sorry, Sir Denny Blanco, right? Give me my respect. It's Sir. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> sir Denny Blanco. Follow Robin Lumberg on Twitter and IG at Robin Lumberg, right? Robin Lumberg. There it Robin is. Lumberg. And you follow me at Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, the letter J C R. UZ. So, Robin, um, I got you on because I know when anything Brooklyn Nets happens, um, you're the guy that I go to for information to get your feedback. So, Kyrie Irving is, quote unquote, coming back part time, going to uh, try to, to play these uh, road games. He still can't play in New York and I think also Toronto because he is not vaccinated. But t- Twitter blew up last night. Uh, instant reaction to the return of Kyrie Irving to the Brooklyn Net roster. Well, you know, look, I'm a little torn because on one mm-hmm. hand, I don't love the idea of relenting and then bending over backwards for the player and, and whatnot. Um, because I was always in favor of saying, all right, you're, you're not all in and, and see you later. Um, it had nothing to do with his vaccination status, by the way. Uh, that, that wasn't the reason. It wasn't some vaccine stance. It was just the mm-hmm. press. You know, like, and it happened to be the vaccine that made this an issue and, and because of the New York mandate. And so it was complicated in that respect. But Kyrie had a history. So, it, you know, I just felt like if it wasn't that thing, it was going to be something else. Like it was something else prior. So that was where my thought process was. It wasn't like, a oh, he's going to get everybody sick. thing. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, who doesn't want to watch Kyrie Irving play basketball, right? I mean, he's as entertaining a player as there is in the league you could easily make an argument he's he's the most entertaining player in the league i think you know you probably blind survey steph and kyrie are the are the 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 two guys that that would would be up at the top there so you know circumstances obviously played a factor given the protocols given um injuries and i have to imagine kevin durant said i want to back like and and kevin durant is now the brooklyn nets right like he has I, i believe he's going to be remembered as a Brooklyn net actually. Like I I tweeted that yesterday. Yeah. A lot of discussion about it. You know, Oklahoma city, obviously where he came up, he won an MVP there, but because of the way he left, he's not ingrained there. And then when he went to the warriors, everybody hated that move and, you know, tries to diminish those championships. So he's not exactly rooted there, especially given the whole Steph KD dynamic, Brooklyn Mm. feels like his franchise, his organization, and, you know, he's been carrying them. So if, if he said, I want Kyrie back, I guess I understand why it, it happened. So, like, like I said, I'm, I, I don't fundamentally agree, but I'm not mad either at the same time, if that makes sense. So before Denny goes, so you're, I, I think if I'm trying to read between the lines, this move doesn't really happen without KD signing off on it, you think? Oh, absolutely not. I, I, I don't, not even Katie signing off on it. I don't think it was Katie signing off on it. I think it was Katie requesting it. Um, okay. You know, and, and saying, 
if you read all these reports that had come out, oh, oh they, he might be coming back. You know, Katie mm-hmm. and Kyrie have been talking more. I think Durant's been playing all these minutes. He sees all these guys out, and he's like, you know, time heals some wounds, too. People aren't probably as angry about it as they were when it first went down. And he's mm-hmm. like, yo, get him back in here. And, and I think it's probably close to as simple as that. Teddy Blanco. Oh, man. Rob, Rob. <laughs> Robin Lundberg, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. And this is my theory with Kyrie Irving. Now, I, mean, I I just became a Nets fan. Full disclosure, I just became a Nets fan when, when Kevin Durant got, uh, excuse me, when um, actually, yeah, when they brought Kev, Kevin Durant on, I became a Nets fan because they had Katie and Kyrie. I said, yes, it's beautiful. And then they brought on James. I was like, oh, it's going to be beautiful. And now look at me. Look at where my Nets team is now, currently. My theory is very simple. I think Kyrie is using COVID as a load management excuse. Honestly, I think he's bored with the regular season, early, early regular season. He doesn't, he's not entertained with it. So when you mention the, you know, health protocols, people getting hurt, injured, Kevin Durant's carrying the whole team. Kevin Durant is like, okay, at what point do you call Kyrie and say, can you come and play part-time? Because I, I am playing 48 minutes. And it was a joke too. Originally it was, oh yeah, you can try guys trying to get me to play 48 minutes. It's like, you don't want that. And now he's playing 48 minutes. Do you want Kevin Durant playing 48 minutes every single game going into the playoffs? You think you're going to get a healthy Kevin Durant? What do you think about that theory? Uh, You know, I I don't think it's crazy uh, that I don't know if it was as I don't think it was as a um, specifically plotted like that. But I do think Kyrie has found reasons to not be there. Right. Like he, he was not there for a period last year. So mm-hmm. I, I do think, yeah, he's not as, you know, when it's clutch time, I think you can count on him because he, he's proven that. And you don't get as good as he is, as skilled as he is, if you don't love basketball to an extent. But, yeah, I don't think the grind is exactly what Kyrie was up for. Um, the, the question I have is what happens, you know, you do talk about the playoffs. Is there another resolution coming? Because that's where it's going to get tricky. You know, being the playing on the road in the in the regular season, okay, fine, whatever. But when you get to the postseason, you're in the middle of the series, you're just not gonna play home games. You know, that I think has to be resolved come by by the playoffs, one way or the other. Whether it's Kyrie getting the vaccine, whether it's politicking behind the scenes to get an exemption for him, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I don't know if this is a sustainable situation come the playoffs. The 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 good thing for them is it's December and they got Still, like, you know, when you talk about the length of the regular season, they got months to figure that mm-hmm. out. And I'm very disappointed in James Harden. Oh, James, James, James. <laughs> to me, it feels as if he came into the season again out of shape and he's trying to play himself into shape. And then obviously, you got the COVID situation and then obviously he had the injury last year. It's just a lot that I'm seeing. I'm like, this is not the James Harden that I was expecting from Houston. Well, I mean, it's not the James Harden from last season either. Uh, that you know, James True. Harden was great for the Nets last season, uh, and he's not been that guy this year. I don't know the reason. I don't know if he's out of shape. I, I, I mean, it looks like it. He doesn't have that burst. I don't know if that's because of the hamstring. Because you got to remember, he hurt his hamstring. He came back. He hurt his hamstring again, and then he came back and played hurt. So you know that can probably set you back a, a good bit. So I don't know if you know. It's a combination of those things, plus age, mileage, what have you. But his play was inspiring last season. He saved their season uh, last year, and he just hasn't been that guy. 
this year. Mm -hmm. And it, it was to the point where he still, you know, looked like a top 20 player in the NBA or whatever it may be. But you, as good as the Nets were playing, you did question, oh, can they win it all without Kyrie if this is going to be the Harden that they face? And, and here's the thing, too, before I pitch back to Randy. I was okay. the one that told Randy straight to his face, face-to-face, -face, I told him, said, hey, if the Nets in the East can't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, or let me, let me scratch that. If they can't get to the NBA Finals with two former MVPs, there's a problem. Do you, or do you, do you agree or do you disagree? Well, uh, again, I mean, it depends on what the former MVP I mean, former is a, a word about the past. If he's playing at an MVP level, yeah, I, I, you know, and I still think the Nets could have uh, made it to the finals. I mean, I look in the Eastern Conference, I think it's I think it's Brooklyn and Milwaukee, whether Kyrie's there or not. But Kyrie mm -hmm. just increases the margin of error tremendously. Um, and, you know, and, and when it does get does get to the, those games, the thing about Kyrie and this is true of KD, too. Uh, this is true of KD. I mean, KD is such, such a phenomenal closer, but there is nothing you can take away from Kyrie. You know, he can get to the, he can get to the rack and finish. He's got the mid-range game. He, he's mm -hmm. got the, the, the pull-up three. Uh, <clears throat> the ball handling to operate in any space he wants to get into. So there, there's nothing you can do with Kyrie as a defense, and, and that's part of the, the, you know, advantage of having him is just the pressure he puts on mm -hmm. the other team. Ick, I was telling Denny um, off off the air before we got on was like, you mentioned the role in, in the home games. I find it hard to believe. I know playoffs don't start till April, but I find it hard to believe that, let's say, God forbid, the Nets go to a game seven at home, and it's like, all right, Kyrie's not playing today. I I I really don't see that happen. I think it'll be hard for a Brooklyn Nets fan to accept that that you know he plays whatever uh, games on the road. But you get a potential game seven for for to, to win the playoff series, and he's gonna be like, "Nah, I see you at next round." Like that's gonna that's the weird part that we're gonna probably all expect coming up. Yeah, I think it has to be resolved. I, I don't yeah. think you can go into the playoffs with that situation. No uh, game sevens. No, yeah, <laughs> no, no home games. Period. I mean, like that. They got to figure it out between now and then. Now a lot can change, right? Um, mm -hmm. Again, it only takes one needle in his arm. Uh, it only takes one change to a, a policy or one exemption or mm. also the way that this whole thing is unfolding. I mean, the uh, Rob, I'm looking at the two things I'm looking at. Let me ask you this. Uh, what do you think will happen first? What? Kyrie getting a vaccination? Or, or the Nets finding a loophole where he doesn't have to get one and he still plays. Well, I think they'll try to do the, the latter before the former happens, but I, I don't believe Kyrie has a real stance. I don't think Kyrie is doing this because he has like a belief that I just think he'd prefer not to, you know, like, or people are telling him to do it. So he doesn't want to do it. whatever. The, I don't think this is like his fundamental ingrained belief or else he'd articulate it. He hasn't art. When he did his whole Instagram live, he didn't say anything. You know, he just kind of <laughs> rambled around for a while. Uh, you know, like, so I don't think this is a, a principled stance by Kyrie. I think people tried to make it into that. I think it was just something that snowballed because he'd prefer not to. Um, yeah. You know, I, I also think the whole circumstances of the world could change by that. I mean, you got mm -hmm. the Omicron thing. We're not outrunning it. It's coming. You know, like, it, it's, it's spreading, what is it, 70 times faster than Delta? 
Um, but the, right. the, the symptoms have been more mild. So mm-hmm. I, I think as a society, and this is, I'm not a doctor, so let me first purpose that. Not, not Dr. Rob. <laughs> but as a society, we start, we need to start redefining what we believe is acceptable risk. You know, like COVID is, from what I can see, never going anywhere. Um, and, and, you know, again, why are we, why are people freaking out about positive tests, but no symptoms? You know, like Russell Westbrook enters protocols. He was playing in an NBA basketball game the night before. Is he sick? No, he's not sick. You know, mm-hmm. like that's happened with a lot of guys. They play a game the night before and then all of a sudden they're in protocols. They obviously weren't sick. So why are you being terrified of the idea of you wouldn't have known if you didn't take a test, right? Like, and it's going to spread through everybody at some point. Um, right. And, and we need to start treating it like we would any other illness that we've lived with our entire lives. We're just familiar with those. So they're not as scary. That's not to diminish anything that's happened, any of the loss of life, any of the longstanding symptoms that anybody's had. Of course, that all matters. Mm. That's all important. But we're two years in now. Did yeah. we Be shut free. down before? You're going to shut down again? That's going to work? I don't think so. So mm. I, I think you, you have to start reframing where we're at mentally about this. And if you're vaccinated, especially, I've got three of the damn things. You know, like what else you want people to do? And, and I'm not worried about a non-vaccinated person around me or else the vaccine doesn't work, right? Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're getting to a point now, Rob, right, right. where it's, you, you, you're having six six eligible players. Yeah. Six eligible players. And, and what the is reason it? it's happening is because they're testing. Because if they weren't testing, then that wouldn't be happening because only the people who would feel sick would be reporting and be mm-hmm. out. Versus the people who are just popping a positive test, but are showing no symptoms. And I think you'll see sports actually lead the way in that regard. I think the NFL will be first because they just don't care. Um, and they'll, they'll be first. Um, but I think the NBA will follow suit. And you'll start to see that happen where, okay, if you're, not, if you're vaccinated and you're not sick, mm-hmm. then you're good to go. Right. The question I got is the fact that, you know, we've been seeing – for the first month and a half or so, you know, KD still being at an MVP level, getting 30 a game. I think Brooklyn is, is number one in the Eastern Conference. Um, James Harden playing, you know, pretty pretty okay. But now the question goes to Steve Nash. When when Kyrie does come back, how easy or difficult is it, uh, it'll be to insert him and say, all right, Kyrie, thank you, thank you for coming back. You're going to start now and do your thing. Does that take a while? Does that... Does that make KD take a step back? Like, how does is there pressure on Nash to include Kyrie now? I think K. Well, I don't think um, Kyrie has any problem including himself once the game starts. Right? Like, he's going to get the ball. Give me the ball. He's going to go shoot. Uh, yeah. KD will take a step back. Um, you know, he's been forced into dominating all the action. KD's one of the. I mean, it's fun to watch the way it is, but one of the things about his game is he can fit seamlessly because he can mm-hmm. play with the ball. He can play without the ball. He can do all that. Uh, it will shift Harden back into facilitator mode. And I'm not worried about Nash because Nash has two things going for him. One, he's got an even keeled personality. He doesn't get too worked up. Um, so I, he knows how to manage, I think a crisis pretty well. And two, he has built in respect with players, game recognized game, right? Real recognized real. You're talking about a two-time MVP. So I, I think Nash is actually the perfect kind of coach for a situation like this. 
because he's not going to have beef or conflict uh, w- with the player. Mm-hmm. And real brilliant, too, because you mentioned that, too. It's like you would think he would, uh, with all that's going on with Kyrie, he'll slip up and make a mistake and say something that, you know, that would, you know, maybe right. rub Kyrie the wrong way or rub KD the wrong way. And he's just been like, no, um, Kyrie, we love Kyrie. When he gets back, he gets back. Unfortunately, we just got to go where we got to go. So, yeah, it's, I, I think Coach Coach Nash has been doing a hell of a job. I think he has a, a good coaching staff as well on that bench. That helps him out a lot. So uh, we're going to see. But when it comes to right now, obviously, we're, we're talking about the East Coast and we're talking about the Nets. I don't know if you, you have any any strong indication of who you think is coming out the West before I pass it off to uh, to, to Joe. West, I would say, um, I mean, you have to look at Phoenix and and Golden State right now. I mean, they've been playing mm-hmm. a, a level above everybody else. I mean, I, I think when I look at teams, I could close my eyes and theoretically see win the championship. There's only really four uh, right now. Um, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, uh, Golden State, and Phoenix. And I'll put a wild card spot for the Clippers in the event Kawhi is back and fully healthy. I'll put a wild card spot around LeBron just because he's LeBron, but he's 37 in his 19th season, and that roster is just not very good. Um, do you like Miami? I do think Miami's going to be a tough out. I think Miami will be a tough out. They would. I would certainly have. I would have Miami. I would power rank the East. I'd have Miami third and Chicago fourth. Because I mentioned Miami because Chicago tough too. When it comes to playoffs, Chicago's tough too. But when it comes to playoffs, I look at matchups. And I'm just picturing, obviously, where in the East, where you land, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to the East. Uh, Miami, with P.J. Tucker and Jimmy Butler being able to guard multiple positions, I just can't wait to, you know, have them come up to, you know, if they meet Chicago, if they meet Milwaukee, or if they meet the Nets, Miami. It's going to be a a drag-out series, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they've got Jimmy Butler, right? Um, Yeah. I I do believe is, you know, a superstar level player, uh, the kind of guy who he, he he doesn't make these he doesn't have the eye popping numbers, but the overall impact on the the court, um, he's in the top ten guys in the league to me, or that I would trust. So, um, yeah, I, I would put Miami next up when it comes to. Mm. So before I let you go, Robin, uh, before everything started the whole season, myself and Danny Blanco said our NBA Finals at that time. We have Brooklyn and the Lakers. I know things are a little shaky right now. Uh, That's before the whole Kyrie thing and seeing how the Lakers play right now. As we speak today, let's say Kyrie, this whole news never happened. How far did you have Brooklyn going? And now with the addition of Kyrie, how far do you have him going? Well, I, I always thought it was, you know, I still had Brooklyn and Milwaukee, but a team like Miami, I think, would have been a threat to eliminate uh-huh. the Nets uh, in their current form. If Kyrie's right. back and playing all the games, the Nets are the overwhelming favorite to win the championship. Uh, and I would put it at Brooklyn and Golden State. I just feel like that has the – something about that feels good, right? KD against uh-huh. Steph and everything like that. And I, I just don't think the Lakers have the horses. So um, I, I'll say the, the Nets and the Warriors. But if Kyrie's in the lineup, I don't think anybody's beating them. They're, they're all healthy and on the floor. Robin, for entertainment purposes, we need a Nets Golden State. We need that. It'd be, I wouldn't mind that. It'd be awesome. 
We need those <laughs> I need Draymond guarding KD the whole series. I need KD carrying the Nets, beating Golden State, having the ability to say, yes, I left you, took another team, and then beat you. I want that. And, and even better, we're getting the return of Klay Thompson sometime next month as well. So that is... The the, the Avengers the Avengers are assembling, Robin. I know you love the, the Marvel movie, so we're we're assembling. So you get Kyrie, KD, and Cardin, you get Draymond, Steph, and Clay all healthy on that side. Yeah, I I would not mind that that NBA final matchup. I need that. Right. I need that. It's the best possible matchup I think the league could get to. Uh, you know, Steph's so popular. Obviously, you got the KD Steph dynamic going on. Brooklyn's a needle moving team uh, with the superstars. It, it couldn't get any better. And I know Curry's breaking records, but uh, MVP right now, Curry or KD? KD. Uh, good, good answer. <laughs> no, listen, I agree because he's he's, you know, he's missing a superstar. Uh, uh, but Curry is too missing two. But... He's missing oh, two Harden? superstars. Harden. He's missing two superstars and playing with rookies and winning. Yeah. Come on, nah, Katie's, Katie's phenomenal, strength. bro. Steph is full strength, so right, when that, they'll be full strength with Clay, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, and Wiseman comes back, they'll be completely full strength. But they're they're pretty good right now without them, so it's just mm-hmm. icing on the cake. I got two last questions. One, if the Lakers want to be back in that finals conversation, what is it happen with them? <laughs> If, if, I'm not multiple, sure. Multiple things. Anthony Davis needs to play like a superstar. Or say it again. Anthony Davis needs to play like a superstar. He's he's been just like a guy. I mean, it, there. It, not bad, but like you know, he was supposed to be top five player in the world or something like that, and he's he's mm-hmm. been a shell of that, or or not that. So Anthony Davis needs to play like a superstar, and they need to upgrade their personnel. I mean, they they just they don't have enough good players. Um, you know, Reeves was impressive the other night stepping in, but. Beyond that, like, I mean, they they lost KCP and Caruso, who were, like, their defensive guards, and then mm-hmm. let them be switchable and everything like that. I, I think that team needs more oomph from an athletic standpoint and more shooting, and they need Anthony Davis to play, like, one of the best players in the world. Otherwise, they're going home early. It just seems as if these these um, GMs are picking uh, uh, offensive, th- offensive threats before defense. Like it just seems with the LA they let Caruso. I mean, whether whether you talk about monies and if they could have kept him, but I'm a GM. I'm keeping Caruso and KP because they can play defense and they can switch. Same thing with uh, Milwaukee. That trade with PJ PJ Tucker that's going to come back and bite them. Mm-hmm. They should have kept PJ Tucker on that roster. You know, there are things that people there are things that are people their roles that people mm-hmm. are just good at and they add on to the team. Right now, LA. Folks are trying to find their roles. They can't find them. And you have Anthony Davis playing like an average man and getting 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 dominated by Giannis, the Greek freak, and just last the other night, Cat. Cat. Yeah. Cat. Crazy. Cat, this this year alone, there are too many videos of Anthony Davis and the words you use looking like an average player. Too many videos. Mm. Last one, Robin. I know you're a net guy. Danny Blanco said that guy, but you know, I'm a Nick guy. I need to hear from you. What are, what's the problem or what are the problems with the Knicks and how do we, um how do we shape it out? Uh, well, the biggest problem is a lack of talent. 
I mean, the the Knicks were they overachieved last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I've never seen a team last season's team. The difference between their record and what I thought they would be is probably greater than any team I can ever remember. That's a credit to them. They played really hard, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and they did really well. But I was I I kept waiting for the wheels to fall off, right? Like I kept because I just looked at their personnel and I there's no way, there's no way, and I, I happened a little bit in the playoffs um, this year. I think you know they kind of actually upgraded the roster a little bit from last year to a certain mm-hmm. extent, but I think you know a lot of that uh, was just not sustainable. You know the way Julius Randle played last year. Um, you know the the way they. I guess they probably caught teams off guard with their effort or, or whatever the case may be. I think uh, with the Knicks, there's two possible paths, right? There's trying to trade for somebody, an impact player. I would be targeting Ben Simmons if I were the Knicks. He's a distress asset right now. Um, Tell Denny Blanco that because he was not agreeing with me. I'm not saying – I said I wouldn't rule it out. He's like, no, I don't want – and his fans on Twitter saying, well, if you're going to mention Ben Simmons, you're going to mention Randall, and I'm not doing it. I'm like, hey. Oh, I'll trade Randall for Ben Simmons in a second. Uh, I'll think about the, it. The, the, just, the distressed asset, right? Like you would not have been able to get Ben Simmons for the price you could get him for now in the past. And that's not the, that doesn't change the weaknesses in his game, the shooting or any of that. But he would immediately be the most talented player on the roster and, you know, somebody you could upgrade on. Because the problem with, like, say, a Dame, you would have to give everything for Dame. And then is Dame in Thanks. any better situation than he was in Portland? No. The only way I think a Dame trade works is if you have a commitment from somebody else as a free agent. Otherwise, I would try to go the Simmons route. That's one possible option. And for who, though? For who? Uh, I mean, I don't think you could trade Randall till February, but he makes the most sense to me. Uh, otherwise, you're looking at probably Barrett. Um, you know, you got to make the salaries max, so I'd have to look at their four, mm-hmm. Barrett, Fournier, and uh, yeah, makes money. I'm just thinking of somebody who makes money. And two ones. Uh, something like that. Um, okay. And then uh, otherwise, I think you have to give the young guys burn. And yes, you got to hope for the draft lottery. That's the other option. His his was phenomenal. Why is Cleveland better than the Knicks? They got better players. That's one thing with Washington because obviously Washington got Beal, Kuzma. In them. I mean, they got better too. All right, if you're doing a, if you're doing expansion draft between the Cav- the Cavs and the Knicks, who's the first player you're taking? Evan Mobley, I think without question. Okay. Mobley be the first guy that goes between those two teams. The Cavs have a you know a, a, some other young guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, Garland, Barrett mm-hmm. Allen is a significantly better player than Mitchell Robinson is. Um, you you're looking at Garland, uh, you know, marketing too. Marketing is a nice player. They they got nice young pieces. You got to try and develop those guys if yeah. you're you're the Knicks. But yeah, that's um. I mean, I think that's the. Di- I believe honestly, Derrick Rose is the best player on the Knicks. Uh, and that's a credit to where Derrick Rose has gotten himself later in his mm-hmm. career. But it's not a good thing. No, it's not. I think it's rotation. I think, uh, obviously, they, the Knicks shot themselves in the foot with Evan and, 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 and Kemba. Unfortunately, I was skeptical from the beginning of the season. Randy looked at me like a hater. I told him I am not a convinced a team that's high in defense all of a sudden brings on Kemba and Evan, and they're going to stay where they are. They went from fourth 
to 24th in defensive efficiency in one year. I don't know if that's because of the addition of these two guys, but the Knicks have an easy solution. If you're not winning currently right now with the starters that you have, play the young guys. That's it. Mm-hmm. Play the young guys. And then and then obviously there are people that you, he mentioned Ben Simmons. I don't think Ben's good for the, for, for the New York uh, media. And you, you mentioned Dame. No, it's too much. Too much uh, needs to be put on the table for Dame. However, you can obviously increase your roster. Uh, you know, better your roster. Turner is there in Indiana, waiting for the taking. He's a he's a he's an okay decent center, I think. Mm-hmm. He's available. Then you can obviously make some changes in your roster, but uh, your rotations, and then go from there. Obi needs more burn. McBride needs more burn. Quentin Grimes yep. needs more burn. I don't care if Kemba. Or Evan got paid that money. They're not playing up to their potential. And they've been playing like trash once they took out Kimba. I'm not saying Kimba's the end of the I'm just saying that they were above 500 before they took him out. Now when he's out out the whole rotation, they're like two, two, three, and seven. I'm like, all right, so what did you accomplish? And everybody's out of COVID. He still can't play. Like, what are we doing? Kimba can't guard a fire hydrant, bro. Sorry, They're I'm scrolling on the data. They're playing better with him. Robert, last question. Next with the playoffs? And that, that playing game kind of scenario? Or no. Not uh, even I mean, I think you have to you have to evaluate where you're at in the season at some point and determine whether you want to go all in for the play on playing game or you want to tank. Um that's where I think wow. they're at. I think they're at the somewhere between play in and tank. They, yeah, they got to make a decision soon because the third core, the third part of the season's coming up. And I mean, the East, is, the East is better this year. Look how many teams are ahead of them. There's already. No, I agree. Cleveland, Washington, ahead of them. Yeah, Charlotte, Washington, Indiana, uh, uh, Brooklyn, Chicago, mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Yeah, it, it, it's not looking good. Well, I'm going to keep the faith out there. I, uh, Brooklyn, I'll probably see you on the finals. The Knicks might get a, a playing game. We'll see what happens if they make a trade or not. I don't think they, I don't think they stay the same. I pray I they, they don't. Move. It's just how significant that move is. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Robert Lumberg, Sports Illustrated, at Robert Lumberg on IG and Twitter. Uh, thank you, man. And we definitely appreciate it. Happy holidays to you and the family. Happy holidays, Rob. Same to you guys. All right, man. Take it easy. Later. All right.